All right, welcome back to the Time of Life podcast, hosted by myself, Dominic, and Liam, where we talk about controversial topics, viral videos, interesting theories, and keep you motivated to do great things in this world. This is episode 22. Hello, everybody. Let's get started. We have a, uh, a substitute co-host today. The other one decided to be a little, a little drunk on his head, and uh, he didn't puke yet. I'm still waiting for him to puke. We, we tried to exercise him, over-exercise him, and make him do sprints, and he still didn't puke somehow. He said he wanted to puke, and I thought I trained him enough, but he didn't run fast enough, so... I actually did run uh, pretty fast. Right? I, I I worked everybody in this field, bro. You ran hardest, eleven minute miles. I was the hardest worker <laughs> in the building, bro. As the Rock says, eleven minute mile the though. Hardest one, bro. I didn't stop going no matter how tired I was, bro. Even if I was slow as shit, eleven minute mile is still a mile, bro. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try running a marathon eleven minute mile. That'll be a good that's, time, actually. That's easy. I'll do that. I'll do that. All right. January. That's when I'm running my next marathon. You want to do it. You got to commit to it. All right. I'll do it. I'm down. I'll do it right now. You heard it on the podcast. I'm doing it right now. I'm going to start training today. All right. Today was my first day of training. and we're I mean, it was your first it. day, technically. Yeah. It was the best day of training. Then we met some guy in uh, the park and started doing push-ups with him. You know, it's just, you know, that's one of the most interesting things is I started realizing that the podcast actually made me think and question my life. <laughs> and I mean, interesting enough, like, I mean, like question my life and like what the point of humanity is, honestly. That was like one of the biggest things I started doing ever since I started the podcast is what is life? Like, what is this crazy world that we live in? What is this new generation of people who are growing up in this new age what is the future of the world like when are we going to mars when are we going to transport to mars when are we going to have international space travel that'll be the whole no 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 not just space travel space transportation imagine that in our lifetime imagine if we actually have transportation between mars and the earth <laughs> that oh yeah hey guys it's charlie g c-h-a-r-l-i-e to the g back as the, your guest co-host for today yeah he has to introduce himself that way yeah. every single time i, I mean he kind of screwed himself but yeah, I, did. I mean if he wants to do it that way go ahead i have no other <laughs> options now guys it's, it's like there's no nothing. turning back now you started it and you have to finish it now <laughs> it's gonna be c-h-a-r-l-i-e every single time yes, sir but anyway so, yeah, that, that is a loaded question, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know what brought that up, too, is I've been I've been working at night, and I've been, like, super busy at night. But as I'm, like, doing my job, and I just have, like, downtime, I just sit there, I read books, and then watch movies. And some of the movies I was watching that made me, like, really question it is, like, American Psycho is one of them. Uh, Fight Club, if you've ever seen that one. I have. Yeah, that one That one was kind of a... It wasn't really trippy, but it kind of was. But I think American Psycho was like the number one thing. And then Fight Club was kind of the same concept. Basically, you, it was just this, some insane guy who thought he did some insane crap. But then he really didn't. Other than Fight Club, he did actually do that. But he was even like in control of it, really. It was kind of weird. 
But I mean, I kind of liked it though, honestly. Like, I kind of really appreciate a good thriller. But then I, I also hate it because it just makes me question what life is, honestly. I'm just like sit there and I'm like, what the fuck is this life? What am I supposed to do in this life? What do I really want anymore? It's like, ugh. It's like, uh, I've been just like working at this point. I'm like, you know what? Like after, after I start reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm like, dude, maybe I should start paying off my car. Like let's start getting this loan taken care of faster. Cause I mean, like I'm still paying my loan off every month, like my loan payment. But now I'm like, all right, I'm racking in extra cash cause I'm working full time, full time school. And I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to do with this cash anymore. Like I already bought so many things I don't need anymore and I'm trying to get rid of it. Like if anybody wants a longboard, <laughs> I, I paid like 130 for it. I kind of want to sell for 80 because I rarely even use it. So if you want a longboard, I got a good one. <laughs> I tried to do the, I think the main, main reason why I bought it though, was just to do a tricks on it, like switch the board around. So I can't remember exactly how to do it, but basically you do like a full 180 as you're going down the road. That was like the, one of the things I wanted to do. And that was the only, and that was the only trick I learned. And then I never touched the board again. I kid you not. Like I learned it one time and then never again did I learn anything else just because I saw it and a video on it. And I started recognizing, I'm like, holy cow, dude. I, I started recognizing and paying attention to the world around me. And it started realizing that people just live their lives, spending most of their paycheck and then having to work even longer because of it. It's just, it's one of those things like it started opening my mind is rich dad, poor dad. One of many great books that I've been reading. And it kind of makes sense though. It's like, everybody's in this so-called rat race because <clears throat> they're basically spending everything they earn. They're not investing in other, maybe say like cryptocurrency. They're not investing in stocks. I mean, they're afraid to lose it. Don't get me wrong. Like there's nothing really wrong with trying not to invest in it, but the American dollar is going down in because of inflation. So it's going, it's basically your dollar today is only worth say 93% of that. So 93 cents the next year. So if you're saving it, you're really losing money. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I've been, I've been just like sitting here and as I've been working and doing all these machine work, why I watch the machine and basically listen for it to actually finish up for me. The nice part is I don't have to be the programmer, but I mean, I have to be there if, like, if I need to change a tool, I need to make sure the right tools are in there. That's why I'm getting paid pretty good about it is you have to be very consistent about it and you have to listen because if you're not doing something right, you can fuck up the whole machine. That can cost them $50,000 just by one thing. That's why they pay pretty good there. <clears throat> it's because you kind of have to understand, like, what the machine does is the, the simplest way I can say it you tell the machine to do, it will do. So if you tell it to crash, even though it doesn't say that it's going to crash, it will crash. Like that's the whole point of why it's like, it's a really good job, but it's really stressful at the same time. If you don't know what you're doing, but if you know what you're doing, it's really not that stressful. It's like, it's pretty simple to me because I kind of understand the mechanics behind it. And I'm taking vector calculus on top of that. So I kind of actually visualize it on top of actually seeing it being done. So I can kind of see like, 
you have these X, Y, Z coordinates, and then we have a four axis and five axis machine where our five axis actually turns the actual turn itself. So it can do like 45 degree holes in different parts. And then you have like an A axis, which will actually turn the drill itself like ups, like up cornered. So you can do like 45 degree and an upward slant north. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. I know it's not, I'm going off a tangent here. Like I'm just like talking about all these different things in life, but I'm like, I started recognizing I'm like the whole point of why I've been saying, I should say, let me, let me take a step back here. I'm saying way too much all at once. And you're kind of not, I'm losing you here. So the reason why I'm saying that is there's just so many things going on in life that it's very hard to pinpoint what you actually want in life. Really. It's, it's truly one of those things that, the only way you're going to be really successful in life is to find what you really want and define that by taking action on top of all that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually uh, think I believe that I have found what I want more or less in life. And I've done that through a set of kind of objective truths. Like it's, um, for example, I was actually like, cause religion is like kind of important to me, like the afterlife and all that good stuff. Um, even if like no one, uh, you're not. I know you're not religious, but that's cool. Either. I mean, I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to figure that out too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be religious or not. I the the problem with religion to me is it almost feels a little forced because they when you go into different things like I went into a Christian church. I went into a, uh, a I never went into a Jewish church. I take that back. But I have been in like a Mormon church, and I've also been in a Catholic church. They feel like it almost feels every single time it's not exactly pushing you, but it's kind of inviting you at the same time. It's like, if you want to live this way, you have to do these certain things. And it's like, I don't want to do that. But then on top of that, being in some STEM major, you kind of, you kind of look at the facts and you're kind of like, you kind of push away from religion because it kind of feels, it seems more far fetched than the actual truth. To me, yeah, I definitely think it is important to separate the emotions of religion from actual truth. I think because, you know, with most people, like you know, like me and you have like pretty logical ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are really driven by that emotion, and that's like why they want to go there. Oh no, no, no! Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that was. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about driven by emotion, mm-hmm. that is a whole separate topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could be in here thirty minutes if we really wanted to talk about this. I have figured out the secret behind why managers are the way they are. They are no longer controlling the business. They are controlling your emotions. Mm-hmm. Now, let that sink in. They are not controlling the business. They are controlling your emotions. The way you respond to them indicates to them if you're going to be a hard worker or not. And the way they... You, use their emotions where say like painful or angry, make you angry. They have figured out you actually work as a man. You actually work harder just to try to prove to your boss that you're the number one worth it, that you're worth it to them. They use those emotions like your pain and anger to get to you, to make you work harder. I can actually see that. Yeah. It's it's crazy to think about, but it it does make sense to me. After working five years, like total in the workforce, 
I started recognizing those patterns. Every single manager is there to basically control your emotions and the way you work directly affects by that. The angry, I figured it out. The angrier you are, the harder worker you are as a man. Just imagine that. Like if you're, say you're angry and you go to the gym, that's going to be one of your greatest workouts, honestly, Mm -hmm. because it's something to do with your anger and your work habit that controls what you do. Because when you're angry, you no longer think about doing the actual labor and you don't think, you don't think that, oh, it's not going to be that, it's going to be too hard. I feel lazy about it now. But as soon as you start getting angry about it, you actually work harder and you don't even recognize that you're doing the hard work. You're just trying to prove to your boss or like trying to prove to somebody that you're worth it and you are that number one employee and you really want something. It's it's one of those things is I start recognizing that and I'm like, wait a second. This is how they're getting people to work so hard and they're getting angry at their bosses and they're quitting so soon is because the managers are there to basically control your emotions to make you work harder to basically get profit for the business. So it's making you work harder for less money and you don't even recognize it anymore. You don't recognize that you're not getting paid that much as you should be. And you start recognizing that an hourly salary, you're limited to how much money you can make based yep. on time. But when, as soon as you start o- owning a business or running your own business, you start to recognize the only money, the money potential is significantly greater because it all based on how hard you work in that business to make it work. So as you're, okay, I know it's, <laughs> I know it's a different thing. So I'm going to paint a picture here. So say one person works 23 hour, $23 an hour flat rate. You know what they're limited by? Time. That is the number one thing everybody is limited by being an hourly employee. You cannot, you can work 70 hours a week, but your life is going to feel faded away and it feels like a robot at that point. But if you're working as a, as a business and you're working on your own business, time is still a constraint. Don't get me wrong. But then again, if you come up with some idea or some better way of doing things, you can actually have businesses come up to you and be like, I need to buy this off you because A, they can make a significantly more money on it or just like the water, why water power car, how it was. I, I'm going to get back to that topic, but, or they buy it because they're trying to prevent something because they're making so much money as it is. They need to pay this person to basically stay silent and not like try to produce that mass production because they are making just like oil companies. They make so much money with these cars and everything and gas. But as soon as somebody comes around with the water car, now I'm coming into that topic. As soon as somebody comes with a water car, I think that person who came up with a water, like using water as your energy, because you're basically separating, you're separating the hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah together and you're mixing them with gases though it's no longer water it's considered gas all at once because you have this hydrogen which is extremely flammable and i have oxygen which is producing energy so as you're catalyzing it it's a it's a chemical reaction is what it is like 
as you're catalyzing these infusing these together it's producing energy henceforth work so you're moving your car forward and that's why that's why the water power car i'm pretty sure that person who actually started like inventing it and like oh my gosh i figured it out those car companies i i am 100 sure went after him and said we need we're gonna pay you this much money if you stay silent yep because they're making so much money they're making so much money off gas powered cars that especially the oil industry the only way they make money is oil and gas that's the only way they really make money and if they pay that person to be silent they're going to make even more money it's just one of those things like they're willing to take the sacrifice and it's one of those things like you can make money there's significantly amount of more money you could make but it's high risk it's high risk high reward kind of thing so you could spend years trying to come up with some theory or some process a better way of doing things but nobody really sees the potential for it nobody sees the potential for it so you basically wasted three years of your time and you never got anything but say you use those three years of your time and you got the best results possible and people are looking into it now that you came up with that idea as soon as a company like companies will come to you and pay you royalty for every car, say like a water power car they will pay you royalty every single car you own henceforth passive income so you never have to work again because you make this much money off these cars the rest of your life so every say like a thousand cars every thousand cars you get a hundred thousand dollars and they produce and they keep producing a thousand cars, thousand cars every single month. You're getting a hundred thousand dollars every single month. That's crazy to think about, but just imagine just like royal uh rental properties. You're basically trading limited time for other per other people's time and money, jobs, salary jobs to pay you. Henceforth you have a passive income now why that's why people a lot of times get that's why a huge thing about tiktok was buy tri triplexes drive buy quadruplex buy a duplex and live in one for so many years and then have the renters pay off the rest but now they figured out okay let me buy a quadplex and one example of this was somebody was a veteran and he went to school and everything he's still going to school i mean he's a hustler on top of that but he bought a duplex apartment a two-bedroom well, it wasn't actually a duplex it was just a two-bed two-bath apartment and he rented out one room and paid off half half of it and then as soon as he hit his one-year mark he moved out and rented out the other room so he's making six hundred dollars passive income after all the taxes and stuff but then again his real estate has gone up in 20 percent value so the, basically they are paying off his loan for him and he's getting 600 bucks every single month and he doesn't have to do any work because it is their apartment to rent and they have to take care of their own apartment so you don't have to go in there and take care of it you're only there to collect the money and that's it at the end of the day that's all you have to do yeah um <laughs> i know i went on a big tangent there mm -hmm. but i i started recognizing there is I know, I'm going to let you talk here in a second, but 
there are so many ways to make money in this world. It's it's crazy to think about. Is you could make so much money either getting lucky, losing it all maybe, or you can get really strategic about what you do with your life and you start recognizing there is the only way you're going to become rich is through passive income or coming up with ideas that companies buy off you. That's the only way you're going to really be rich. But if you really want to feel rich, you could just simply be, say you have, you make $3,000 a month and your taxes are two grand every month. And well, actually, you know what? I'll say final expenses, food, water, shelter, all that stuff. And you live off $2,000 a month, but you're making $3,000. you are effectively becoming rich 1000 bucks a month every single month. It's just adding to your wealth, adding to your wealth, adding to your wealth. And you start investing into it. You buy these properties. You do all this. That's the only way you really become rich. You don't become rich off a job. There's no way you can do it because you're trading too much of your time for the money. Like the only way you can become rich is not trade your time for money no more. It just that's why I say a job is a good short term thing, but as soon as you go past that, it's no longer a good viable option. <laughs> All right, go on, Charlie. I know I went on a huge tangent there. It's okay. Yeah, I think um, like let's just say like hypothetically, if like the world like realized that, right? Because I'm sure like some people would realize that but others like might not right but let's say everyone realized that right no I, I, no 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 no. okay i know i'm trying to i'm not interrupting or anything i'm not trying to the reason why that is people realize they can do that because it's all over tiktok it is all over social media this is how you make money the biggest thing is they are lazy they're not willing to put in the work to do it that's the difference between the rich, the poor, and the middle class is the people who are willing to put the work in will become rich. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is that um, they're not able to accept a failure. Like if that ha- like, let's say they they're, do try they a little play bit. it safe. That's the yeah. other thing that Rich Dad Poor Dad says is you can't always play it safe. As soon as you have enough money. You have to try to do it. You have to try to do it. It's high risk, high reward, but nobody gets their first million playing it safe. Nobody does. The only way they did it is because they risked it and they got and they were lucky, basically. It's like 60-40% chance, 40% success, 60% failure. But you'll learn so much off of it if you fail. You'll learn never to do that again, and you'll learn how to control it and try do it again and try again, and you'll be way more successful at it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and uh what's it called yeah i mean that's pretty much a sums it up for that topic um yeah we should go back to religion we never really uh finished up no with that i one. didn't i know i went off a tangent it's okay <laughs> we were talking about the emotions and uh like how but let's go back to our stance the logical stance mm-hmm. and how um i actually was looking up like some like objective things about religion and i actually do believe that jesus existed cuz he was in a roman uh histor- he was like in the roman historical records you know i i just like i just have controversial topics about that like i have i have a bunch of theories about it but I think the biggest thing is it's it's one of it's it's one of two ways. Either it's 
really true and it actually happened or they just named some guy Jesus because he was the best human possible and they made a religion off of that. Well, I think um, they didn't actually, I don't know what, like I just was reading online about it because I just want to know if he existed, right? All I know is I think objectively the Roman um, historian around that time wrote it and it was it was around the time. It's like, I think it was carbon dated. It said that he did exist because the governor Pontius Pilate was in Judea. Isn't Roman uh, have us? I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure it's a Roman church. Wasn't that Catholic, though? That was invented much after Jesus's time, though. Okay. I thought I swore Romans were Catholic, though. I thought they were Catholic. They were in the late uh, empire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he like they switched. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They converted and all that. I don't remember history that much, honestly. No, it's okay. But yeah, it was like, holy cow. Like, but then they're also like the three like big ones, like uh, Judaism, Christianity, and uh, Islam. And Buddhism. And Buddhism. That's a big one too. I don't think Buddhists really believe in a God. No, they don't believe. I think they do actually. They no yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's what it is they believe in an ideal person mm-hmm. and to try to be that person you have to live by these set rules and set standards to do that yeah yeah that's right mm-hmm. that's what Gandhi did too yeah honestly I believe that's po- like what's cool about that though is you could in all honesty be a Buddhist and a Christian at the same time theoretically right I mean as long as the beliefs align <laughs> like if the beliefs in all of that align other than the then after probably- death. Other than the after death, that's mm-hmm. the only one that kind of conflicts with that. I mm-hmm. think. I don't know if Buddhists explicitly state though that there's no. Are Buddhists life. still alive? Like, is that still a live religion today? Oh, that's a big live religion, especially in a. It was in China, but they're like you know, like since they're, uh, state like uh really like heavy state control, they actually like mm-hmm. kind of put a stamp on that. Uh, it's really yeah, it's a big religion though. It's a big religion for sure. I'm trying to think where it would be in the world. It's kind of more spread out. It was in uh, China. It's uh, currently in like Southeast Asia a little bit. Although, uh, you know, that's one of the most interesting things, too, is there's a lot of countries we never hear news about. Yeah, like uh, Malaysia or like maybe a Malaysia, Kazakhstan, anywhere in South America. I almost (laughs) never hear anything from South America. Um, like Australia is one of them too, even though it's so freaking huge. Mm-hmm. I almost never hear about Australians. I almost never hear about anybody. I mean, I hear China all the time, but that I think the biggest reason why that is, is because a lot of products is made from China and Trump too made a huge thing about it. But then you have, no, I can't see. I was going to say Korea, but then I was like, no, that's a bad, that's a bad example. <laughs> Uh, like Jamaica or the Caribbean islands, Mexico is one of them. Well, I take it back because we live kind of on the border. We're also, we're in Arizona, so I, we kind of live on the border. So we kind of get the whole thing. But that's because of Trump, too, as well. He made a huge thing about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a bad thing that drug imports are going on and all the other things. But I think a lot of the thing was, too... I, I can't remember if I read it or not, but I was hearing that drug, what is it called? Drug smuggling 
actually brought more money into the inf- or can't you remember what it is? Drug smuggling brought more money into the economy. That's what it is than ever imagined possible. And it actually helped the United States become richer. Honestly, it's it's one of those things that actually brought the economy up just because of drug smuggling itself. Yeah, I can see that, actually. Um, I think it's like I mean, I'm like, what's it called? It's probably going to be like one of those things where it's like it's helping economically, but morally it could be a little questionable in the long run just because of like the negative effects on the brain and. Yeah, well, on top of that, then they also had a big fentanyl scandal, too. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was also listening to as well, it was some old drug smuggler, like he used to be a drug smuggler. He he actually had some powder or some chemical reaction Mm -hmm. that as soon as it's touched with fentanyl, the whole basically big thing of cocaine would turn pink. So they would put something in there that it wouldn't react with your body, period. Like your body wouldn't do anything about it. <laughs> it was like some like hydrogen or something. It was like something you breathe like every single day or eat every yeah. single day. So it wasn't dangerous, but it actually helped with the fentanyl causes and everything on top of that. I don't know. I mean, do you have anything more to add to that? Yeah. Uh, shit, I did. And then I lost it. Fuck. Uh, what's it called? We should talk about the war on drugs. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, the whole thing about war on drugs is I don't really know enough about it to really talk about them. Mm-hmm. Like, I get, I get why people do drug smuggling. Like, it's one of those things is if you don't feel like you have any other option and that's like the only option to get rich quick is that is like the number one way, but <clears throat> Then again, you have a... I think it's a short-term lived. I think you should... I'm not saying you should do it. I should say... I take that back. <laughs> I, almost said, I almost said that wrong. No, I'm saying uh, there's a lot of guys and girls who ever do it. And they do it very short-term. Because once you start doing it very long-term, the FBI is like way more aware of you. And they'll just keep coming after you. They'll be like, send... You basically put your priority list of trying to stop you even higher on the list. Like, if it's like a one-time offense, they're not going to try to go after you. They're going to more go after the guy who's done it like 10, 20,000 times. And like, they have drug smuggling operation at that point. They're going to really try to stop that before this one person who did it one time and that's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, keep in mind, they're still going to go after you eventually. But you're going to be way lower on the priority list than a big drug operate or drug smuggling operation going on all the time consistently. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think I really know enough about the drug smuggling. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't tell you exactly what could actually go on and why people do it. It's one of those. I think it's just a psychology reason. Is they feel like they don't have enough money or they don't feel like they're good enough to do anything else. Yeah, I also feel like a big like factor in it could be that it's like uh, some people actually like support like full legalization of various drugs. Like, I mean, obviously there's a tier, right, for uh, like fentanyl versus just marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. Big difference. But um, I think it's like almost a moral thing too, right? Because like there has to be an end game eventually, like where people are like united mm-hmm. on a stance I, of usage. I just something. don't know. It's just one of those things. I could never tell you why people get into drug smuggling other than the money and the greed. That's 
that's I think that's pretty much the only thing it is. And it's one of those things where they feel like they have to do it. They have to make it work because mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, they just screwed themselves on top of all everything. So they just don't, I feel like it's more of a thing where they just don't have any other option and they just have to do it. Like they have to do it one time and take care of it and then pretty much either keep doing it and you get caught or they never do it again and maybe not get caught at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But even like with consuming drugs though, it's like, those people like did like have a choice in the beginning because the drugs are non-addictive when you first take them. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like like I said, I don't do drugs. I don't do alcohol. I mean, I don't really. I couldn't tell you exactly. Like I wish I could, but I couldn't mm-hmm. at the same time. Like I just think drug is one of those things where I couldn't really talk about them efficiently because I haven't personally related to any of them. <laughs> So unless I like really relate to something, it's kind of like hard for me to talk about something like that. Even, uh, I don't remember the one thing I was going to talk about. Like racing is one of them too. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to do a 24 hour go-kart race. Like mm-hmm. I was talking to you this briefly before I would love to do one just because I like pushing myself to the limit on top of everything. That's why I've done a marathon. That's why I've done all these different things is because I want to feel that rush. I want to feel that excitement and that's what keeps me going. But on top of that, it's also like fight club was one example too, is the only way he could really sleep at night is because he started this one insane version of himself. I'm sorry if I'm ruining it, but it's 24 years old. So get used to it. Like at this point, watch it on your own. You know, kind of understand. It. I'm like, I'm sorry if I ruined the whole plot, but I feel like if you don't have, and it's kind of going back to the same topic. Oh my gosh, I'm just like talk, going in a loop here, but it kind of brings back to what life really means to you. What really gets you going in the morning? What gets you going throughout your life? And for him, it was Fight Club because he felt like he was just doing something boring at a boring office job and he felt no excitement to it. He wanted to be free. He wanted to be financially free. He wanted to be free of all the chaos and controlled environments. And the only way he felt as if he could do that was have this other guy basically take control of his life and do all these extravagant things and try to get people to follow him. And it kind of it kind of brings up the topic of why Andrew Tate, why David Goggins are so influential people and people follow them every single day is because people need that guidance a little bit of the time. Like they needed the they needed to wake up. They can't be stuck in this rat race as we call it again is they can't be stuck in this rat race. They need to be they need to figure out what they li- their lives are and what they're doing because right now they're just some depressed humans doing their everyday job, working their same job where they hate their boss, they hate their wives, they hate all these different things. They don't have any passion behind it. They just feel like that's the only way they can be successful. And these two guys came up, I mean not just two guys, but like several people came up and growing up and trying to influence them to be they are better than just themselves you can't just do the bare minimum the only way you're going to be really happy in your life according to them basically is just do the work it's you can no longer be lazy 
You can't just do the bare minimum and think you're going to be successful at the end of the day. The only way is to really fucking hard work and sacrifice. And I feel like that's a lot of ways that people get really emotions and really uh, controlled by their emotions is because they make it painful. They make it sound painful. Therefore, back to the same topic is as they make it seem like you're you're worthless, you're working through that pain by working harder. Henceforth, why managers are controlling you by emotions because you don't actually recognize how hard you're working because you really just want to get to the top and the only way to do that is through pain and suffering to get there. And I mean, like, there's a lot of people who live too comfortably. Honestly, there is a lot of people who live too comfortably and then at the end of the day, they're just like, they're not happy with that anymore. They're just like done with it. Like they did their time and now they're like, all right, I want to move on. Like I want to be the top. I want to be the top G is what you would say. And the only way they feel like they can do that is work harder than ever. And the only, and that's a really good thing to stand by. And that's why they are so popular is because people are just drained of their job. They're drained of boring old life. They want to be the greatest they can ever be. And that's why they're so successful is because they inspire, they're inspired to be that way. And the only way they can do that is they needed somebody to push them over the edge and really force them to do that. And it's just something over words, like how words have such a big impact on people. And if you're not going to have, if you're just going to want to live the same boring life, that's why I feel like people who are against Andrew Tate and against all these different people is because they just got comfortable with their lives. They still hate their lives. Don't get me wrong, but they're just not willing to change because they're lazy at the end of the day. That's the whole thing. They're just lazy and they're not driven by somebody who's richer than them. They just don't feel like they, they should feel like they're there, but they don't want to put all the hard work to get there. But the real people who know what it takes to be successful is through hard work and sacrifice, and that's the only way to do it. Honestly, that is the only way. You can get lucky, you can get all these different things, but if you really want to feel like you did something really impressive with your life, is through that. That's the only way. There's no other option. Mm-hmm. I think another thing though is that they actually don't see the avenue. I think like because you were like saying they're lazy, and I believe that most of them are as well. But um, like another thing is it's like they're not they don't really know the avenue that like they're not smart enough to figure it out to like really like weave their way. Like Andrew, like Andrew Tate, I think he only has like a hundred IQ out of once or like I, like Einstein's 160, but he was poorer than Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. He's not the smartest guy in the world. It's because he took the risk. It's because he sacrificed everything to try to get there. And that was the only way he felt like he can do it is through risk and sacrifice. That's the only way Einstein didn't take as big of a risk. He was just fucking genius about it. But he was still inspired by other people around him. But there was a lot of people kind of pushing him to be as great as he was. But at the end of the day, you start looking at him. He wasn't no rich person. He wasn't no fantastic person in the world. Like, I think he was Jewish, wasn't he, too, on top of that? Yeah, yeah, he was. That's why he went to America. He wasn't no rich person. The only reason he inspired people is because he was so rich. I mean, no, because he was so smart, but that was the only way. But he wasn't the greatest person in the world. No, there's just, he just wasn't. 
nobody nobody who's rich and successful is the greatest person in the world. You can try to be the best person in the world, but you're going to have you're going to have people who are going to push people away. But then you have people like Keanu Reeves who give people kind of hope on top of that is he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet and you'll ever I've never met him personally but you just hear nothing about but good things about him he like takes a subway he's like Toby Maguire too he takes a subway he does all these different things just like everyday people he's just an everyday person he doesn't think he's above everybody else unlike like the top G and David Goggins but those people the reason why they are that way is because they've done through the pain and sacrifice and now they're trying to push other people to be that way but then Keanu Reeves he's not really pushing people anymore he's not pushing people but he is a really good person but it's kind of hard to find like what is the balance what is the balance of what a good person is like honestly it's what is a good life to you that's the whole thing that's the whole point of this episode I think is how do you figure out what your life is? The only way to figure out what your life truly is is by your definition. You have to live by your values and live by what you think is right and what you think is wrong. That's at the end of the day, you could be entirely wrong, but you're the person who's controlling what you think is right. It there is no in between. It's either wrong or right. That's the only way to really understand what life is and to really push yourself to keep going is defining what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. I think, uh, going back to like, uh, like kind of the Keanu Reeves example is like, I think a, a common misconception among like society today is thinking like, Oh, the money will make me. I think more often than not, it just reveals who they are. <sighs> that's, a <laughs> that's a whole nother thing now. So, all right. So, I don't think money is the thing that defines you. Honestly, it's one of those things. I don't know. I don't know how you could possibly spend a hundred billion dollars. I, I could even imagine that you could buy almost everything in the world with a hundred billion dollars. And that's one of the things that Elon Musk, I don't think he really even spends all that much. He really doesn't. He lives in a small apartment. He lives in a small house. He'll like travel around and live in these small places. And that's why he's so rich is because his expenses are so freaking low, but his income's so high. So he just keeps getting wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. That's why he's one of the wealthiest people is he's spending so little for so much. Okay. What was the topic? I already forgot it. Uh, money and how it doesn't define people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to go for. So that's why, okay, I have to recommend this book. It's really good if you've never heard of it. It's I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. You have to read it, though. It started realizing that rich dad, poor dad. Like, what is the rich dad say? And what does poor dad say? The poor dad says, go to school, go to do all these different things. And he is like this smart person, but... He struggles financially every day. Why is that? Because he doesn't have the financial literacy that the rich dad does, even though he didn't go to school. He didn't do all these things. Is because the rich dad knows financial literacy. He knows how to become rich, 
but a lot of people don't understand it because they just have these two emotions that they're controlled by greed and fear greed being oh i have all this money i have to get this new car i have to get this new house i have to get these different things i want to live the luxurious life i want to be the number one person then you have once you become rich and you have all these different things is you have the fear of losing all of it you don't you play it safe you don't take any risk beyond it beyond what you can so <clears throat> that's one of the biggest things is why people are defined by how much money they have especially with people who win the lottery they have 99% of them of the people in the world, I say, don't have financial literacy. They don't know what to do with that amount of money. And they think, and they're so greedy that they spend all of it and realize, oh crap, I'm out of money. I have zero income coming in. They, That's why a lot of them end up so broke or they end up killing themselves because what else is there to life to them is what it is. Is because they had no values of what life really is. They had no values. Yeah, sometimes I just like to kind of be like, okay, if money were no object, like let's say like everything I could do in the world was for free, like what would I want? And that's how I like, it's a great way to see what level of your soul is. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's one of the biggest questions. I feel like there ha I feel like there has to be like three classes in high school. A, the first one is setting goals, like a setting goals class and actually following your goals, no matter how big the consequences are. Waking people up to what the real world is and not live like an employee the rest of your life. The second one is, oh, God dang it, I already forgot. What are your values? Like, define. how do you define your values? How do you open your eyes to the world and not just see everyday work and that's it that's all you have to do and then the third one is what would you do in the entire world like entire semester i mean like i kid you not or entire year what would you do in this world that if you were to die tomorrow what is something you wish you would have done today and you just talk about that for a whole semester. Like, what do you really want? Say you had a gun point in your head tomorrow and the person asked you, what did you do in your life that you wish you you could have done? And a lot of people answer like, oh, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. And the person spares your life and you then you go off and you don't do it. What the, what the hell was the whole point of him doing that for you? Is if you were going to die tomorrow, what is something you wish you could have done and you never got to do it? That, I mean, that, that's a huge question too. It's, it's one of those things is it kind of ties off with your question of what would you do if money no longer was a thing? Like what would you do in your life if you everything was free in your world basically and you can do anything you want? What would that thing be? What would you do tomorrow that, I mean, what would you do today if you didn't have a choice tomorrow and you were dying tomorrow? What would that thing be? You have to live, 
I, I think that's one of the biggest things is you have to live your life the best you can. But on top of living your life the best you can, you have to make smart choices. If you think, oh, I'm just going to go sleep with this person because, oh, they're hot. Okay, cool. But are you really getting anything out of it, though? That's the whole thing. Are you really getting anything out of it? And that's that's one thing I do recognize that when I did that, I was like, why? Like, at the end of the day, I kind of regret doing it at this point. I love... Obviously, thankfully, I didn't get an STD or anything. <laughs> then I would have really regretted it. But that's why I started recognizing, I'm like, maybe I do want a relationship. Like, I didn't think I did throughout my college career. I really didn't think I was going to want a relationship. And the only reason I do is because I feel like everybody just wants to be in love. That's quite frankly the simplest explanation of it is because the only way you really feel alive, one of the ways you feel alive is through love. And love is like the most powerful thing in the world is once you're in love, you <laughs> I'm just watching Liam wake up. He's like passed out over here. But love is one of those biggest things you will never experience in life unless you find the one person in your life that really defines what loves it, love is and what you can make of love. Honestly, it's just it's one of those powerful things that the only way you're really going to get that is by being with one person or whatever you choose that to be. You could be polyamorous. I don't really give a fuck. But at the end of the day, are you really going to feel as in love unless you have this one person where you two will do nothing but love each other no matter how hard life gets or no matter what the other person does, they will always have some support from this other person. That's what I fucking wanted. And that's the whole thing of why I'm like, all right, cool if you want to sleep with me, but I don't want that. Honestly, like I don't want that anymore. It's like, it's kind of boring to me at this point. It's like, yeah, it's cool at the time. Like you get excited, especially as a man, you get excited about it because you're like, all oh, you get all these no's from women and everything. Trust me, it's it's hard to get in in women's pants. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Not trying to be sexual towards anything or trying to get <laughs> any lawsuits against me, but you have to have some value behind what love is. And how to define your life. And one of the biggest things is you have to find that one person to do it. Oh. All right. So we have a one of Liam's guests. He's a little drunk, so. Are you Japanese? Because I want to get up in Japanese. <laughs> oh, we'll have to edit that part out. <laughs> disappointment. Honestly. Okay, wait. Disappointment. Have you ever been in love, Dominic? You know, that's the whole thing. I was once, but I started recognizing it was for the wrong reason. Honestly, like it was the wrong reason. And I think I talked about this before is I'm either like really interested in the girl and then they're not interested in me or it's the other way around. I'm just like, what the fuck at this point? It's like, what is really love around this world anyways? It's like this new generation doesn't feel like anybody takes love seriously anymore. Honestly, it's like people play with this toxicity and all this other shit about real life. But you're like, you're affecting real people. You're affecting real people with these different things. You either want them or you don't. You have to be honest with them right up front because if you don't want them, 
they don't want to waste their time. They don't want to waste their emotions for you if you don't want them and you don't want to, and you don't want to waste your emotions and your time for all that shit. And I will tell you, okay, back to your question though. I was once in love, but that was also because it was like my first, it was kind of like my first kind of real feelings towards somebody. But then I started recognizing that she had a boyfriend and she didn't tell me about it. That, that was the number one cue that I was like, wow, I'm just left disappointed on this. I will. I mean, I don't think she listens to this podcast. So I don't really give a fuck, <clears throat> even if she does. I was in love with this girl where I like I had I wouldn't say I was in love with her, but I was like had feelings toward her and everything. And I thought she was the one, honestly. Like, I thought she was the one because it was like my first ever experience with a girl or a different thing. And we went to Peru for a whole week. Never met her before. Never did any of that. And then I saw this girl and she was, I was like, dude, I got to get to know this girl. I got to do all these different things. And it seemed like we were kicking it off, honestly. Like we started... I would say, like, I know it sounds childish, but, like, we started... I was, like, the first time I ever held somebody's hand or, I don't know. Basically, like, we did dancing classes together. We did, we did like, everything together. And then I went over <clears throat> as soon as we had... The trip was over in Peru where they didn't have... We didn't have phone connection in Peru, obviously. So we had to make fun out of make fun out of no internet connection like we were so sucked into the internet basically is now a lot of people no it wasn't that i'm super fucking glad i never did that though i'm super fucking glad and that that was one of the things is i i felt conflicted with her the whole fucking time after that because as soon as i got back from this peru trip and she got internet access and she got wi-fi and all this data usage now i went over her house one time and i Never will look back on it because I regretted it going there. I like we started cuddling and shit. And then I started recognizing like she had her phone, but she wasn't like showing me anything. Red flag off the bat, but I didn't know it at the time. <clears throat> and I was like, hey, why don't you ever show me your phone? Like are you like not comfortable around me? And she's like, oh, I'm just talking to a friend. Yep. <clears throat> And, you know, you kind of see where this is going. So I was like, okay, this seems a little odd. Like, I really like her. It seems like she really likes me. And then I started texting people around her, like seeing what's going on and everything. And then I found out she actually did have a boyfriend the whole time. And she was basically keeping me secret on the side, essentially is what it is. You got to go, Charlie? Okay, got you. Got you. All right, now you'll be back. And... I mean, I was, I had feelings towards her. And then as soon as I heard she had a boyfriend, my feelings just dropped immediately. That was like my first experience with like finding a girl attractive and then figuring out not for me. It's like basically my heart was broken for like a whole week after that. <laughs> Even though we never kissed or never did any of that. Like that was the biggest experience for me. Like getting introduced into dating and having heartbroken right off the fucking bat basically. Yeah. yeah, it was I, a little fucked that. up. Yeah, and and I mean, like I asked her about it the first time. Is like she had a picture on her phone of him and her together, and then she's like, "Oh, it's just a friend." But 
me being naive and never experiencing that, I thought it was true. That was the whole Damn. experience with it. Yeah. So that's just the way it is for me. I th- I'm pretty sure you. I told you about no, this. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 you told me about it. It was. This is Liam after he took a short nap. <laughs> yeah, I was tired after that workout. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You'll be sore tomorrow, and you'll be thankful tomorrow that you're so sore. I ran all these guys pretty hard. Oh my god! Don't drop his computer. <laughs> Yeah, but I know Charlie missed like the best part of it. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you'll watch the video. No, <laughs> tell me now. <clears throat> All right, I'll tell you the short the short version. Yeah, yeah. Because people are in the podcast right now. Of course. So basically, <clears throat> went with this girl to Peru. Thought I had feelings towards her. Thought she had feelings towards me. She couldn't text anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she didn't have internet connection. As soon as we got back. Like burping today all the time. <laughs> no, but uh, sh- long story short, she like I went with her. Yeah, I have water. I'm good. Uh, went with her out on a date one time, and then she started not showing me her phone. Yeah, I got you up to that speed, and I started asking her friends, and I st- figured out she had a boyfriend the whole time, even though she told me it wasn't true, and. <clears throat> The next time I saw her, I confronted her. Oh, I never even confronted her about it. And I was just like, she seemed like she wanted to kiss me, but I, I just felt so conflicted about it. I didn't. Like, I hugged her goodbye. And, like, she went in for a kiss, and I and I swerved her, basically, and hugged her goodbye. And I basically never saw her again. That's a love story right there, friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was like a love story. That was my introduction to relationships. And that's why I was like talking about it. I was like, I've had so many of that. Those things happen to me. I've had probably 15 to 20 people who've done that. Almost that exact same thing. Different. Fuck. Different, different reasons every single time, but it's every single time. It's like, that's the number one experience. Like I got introduced to dating that way, that hard. And then now I'm just like, you know what? Fuck these women, bro. Like I'm just like, so over them. I don't care how beautiful a woman is, bro. I won't even bother going to talk to them, honestly. Like, I see cute girls all around the street and everywhere. I don't even bother wasting my time anymore. Like, it's not even worth it to me. If a woman really finds you attractive, they'll go after you. That's the whole thing. I think that's the biggest thing now is work very ho- work very hard, be as successful as you can as a man, and then the women will follow you. They will, they will find you. That's the whole thing behind it. They will find you. There's no, there's no reason to even try to go after these women anymore is just work as hard as you can be as fit as possible. Be as great as you can. They will find, find you because they're taking the risk at the end of the day. And so are you at the same time. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's up to you. Like what life is, what's not life. And I feel like the biggest way for me is I like adrenaline rushes. Like that's my biggest thing is even that and marathons. Like I, after I've done my first marathon, no workout feels that hard anymore. Honestly, like it's one of the biggest things I say, as soon as you do a marathon one time and you complete it, even though it's the fucking hardest thing in the world, You'll never think twice about how hard a workout is ever again, honestly. 
That's why I say, like, I'm trying to get more people <clears throat> to do it with me because I don't want you to go through that same experience, but I do because you'll start to recognize that there is nothing really as hard as a marathon anymore. And that's why I was doing laps in the pool because I just felt calm because that is nowhere as tough as tough as a marathon. Like when you're in marathon, you physically feel like you cannot walk. I got to mile 17 and I felt like I physically could not move forward or mentally moving forward, but I kept fucking walking and I tried to run it and I couldn't like my body physically could not make me walk faster than a 17 minute mile. <clears throat> that's why I say a marathon is one. That's why only 1% of the world actually finish a marathon. I think f- two, two and a half percent start the marathon but only 1% of the 2.5% actually finish because it's that difficult of a feat to do ever in their life. And there's been people, like one of the greatest books I ever read after I did my marathon and everything is there. people deal with a lot harder shit than just doing a marathon. Like there are people every day who have to deal with trauma. There are people every day who have to deal with gunshots all around their house, people dying left and right around them. Like that is probably one of the biggest things. And that's probably the hardest things to go through is people around you, you love and care about, and they're getting shot and killed every single day. Just imagine we live in a good country right now, but imagine we lived in Ukraine where people were just dying left and right. And it may be your, 10 year long friend and now they're gone because of somebody killed them. There are, there is a lot tougher shit in the world than a single marathon, honestly. And that's why I say your workout, my workouts are hard, but that's because, and that's one of the biggest motivators for me is there is so, there is so much harder shit to deal with in this world than just doing an actual workout and getting shit done, especially with homework is, yeah homework's hard to do you're not motivated to do it but people aren't motivated to sit around and get shot every single day nobody's motivated by that shit because if it's like that it brings back that same topic is if you were to die tomorrow what's something you wish you could have done but you never got the chance to do it because you didn't put the effort to do it and one of the things was for me was do a marathon in my life because that was one of the toughest feet I've ever done, and I'm never going to regret doing it. I'm going to do it again because <clears throat> I did the 10K with Jacob, one of Liam's roommates, and I've done the 10K before. It is nowhere near as tough. It is nowhere near as hard to do a marathon. I mean, keep in mind, like I do like max 100%, but when you do a marathon, it feels like I'm doing 120%. Like, I mean, I feel... I'm pushed past the limit and still going and still completing because I'm in my mind saying it's all about a mindset is I'm saying I'm not doing, I'm not finished. I'm finishing no matter how hard it takes. You have to go into the preparation with that. I'm finishing no matter what. I don't care if it takes me eight hours past, like if it takes me 12 hours to finish a marathon, so be it. It takes me 12 hours. I still, at the end of the day, figured out I did gave it everything I got, and there was nothing else I could do. I, I went home that day, 
I had a half a cheesecake and I slept for 14 hours. Bro, I that was like one of the greatest things I ever did. I was so excited. I had ice cream every single day the day the week after that. Honestly, because I was that sore. Like I physically felt like I was paralyzed the next the next day. That's how much energy, huh? No, 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 no. The marathon. I'm going back to the marathon. That's why I love the marathon because it's only the first one that's the hardest, I think. I think the first one is the hardest because you don't actually know what to expect. But the second one, you know what exactly to expect and know how to get over that. And I figured out, honestly, I wanted to do, when I do my next marathon, I almost want to drink like a thousand calorie shake in the middle of it because I needed that energy. And the, the biggest way I actually get through workouts is I need energy in my body pretty much. And I could do as the hardest workout in the world as long as I'm eating the whole time basically. It's weird. Like my body, my body's so used to it because it has a fast metabolism like that when I'm working out, but as soon as it's out of energy like food storage, it starts breaking down your fat and your fat takes so much longer to produce energy and that's why that's why I was like at that mile 17 and I wanted to do nothing but give up because my metabolism was so working hard, so fucking hard that my body physically could not handle me standing up. But I kept walking the whole freaking time because I don't know. I know I'm going off a tangent here, but uh, I will say I know we're gonna end the podcast here is, but later after I finish the statement, I think probably the biggest re- motivators of running and doing everything is race day like I like I when I brought Jacob there is you start to recognize everybody around you it's just good people trying to get through a really hard challenge but they're motivating everybody else around them to do it it's not it's not just them against the tough mutter it's them you we as a person trying to finish this tough mutter or trying to finish this marathon together and I was like at mile 17 walking and like I felt like I couldn't stand and I was like sitting there like I was sat there for like two minutes and everybody's like keep going bro keep going keep going keep going this is like mile 17 it's like you're already three quarters of the way there it's like you might as well finish and I was like that was one of the biggest things is I was like shit I'm already three quarters fuck it I'm gonna go all the way even though it was so freaking hard to do it and I still found I still found energy at the end to sprint at the end Honestly, because I knew it was that close that I actually fin- I sprinted the last 100 yards and basically collapsed. <laughs> I basically collapsed at the end, and they like they had almost paramedics coming over. I was like, I'm fine. I just need to sit here for like 10 minutes. Like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm still alive. So, <laughs> But I basically collapsed at the end because I was that dead, and I sat there on the couch the rest of the day I could not physically move, like I said. I I'm just sitting there. I was like, "Fuck! I can't do anything. Like I just want to sleep right here. I'm so stiff." Yeah. So I mean, that's that's my story for you. That's Hopefully, it gets you a little motivated to do something. But I will say, if you're really wanting to do it, the hardest one of the hardest feats is doing a 26.2 marathon. That is one of the hardest things to do 
And there's reasons why only 1% of the world completes a marathon. It's because you feel like doing nothing but give up the entire time. <laughs> Even though it doesn't seem that hard, it really is that fucking hard. Your first one is that hard, truly. Especially when you're only trained three months for it. And not only running nine miles. I did that off nine miles of training. That's it. Like, I did nine miles one time at once and then never did any more until I got to 26.2 miles. <laughs> but then, I know, I, I can continue on this, but I'm going to end it here. I mean, that's it for us. Maybe you'll get a little motivated by it. Maybe you won't. This is kind of a laid-back episode. We're kind of all tired from our workout today. Had a big burrito on top of all that. Liam's over here jacking off naked. <laughs> but thank you guys, and we will catch you on the next one. Charlie, you want to say anything before we go? Sir, guys, stay motivated. Stay hard. Let's go. And that's our episode. Thank you, guys. Joe Rogan.